coming to you live from Canada. Here comes your game-changing, life-transforming, turning point moment. Ahem. Yes, this is the sign you've been looking for. You're listening to Engage City Church. Powered by hope, not hype. Online at engagechurch.ca. Does anyone have a Bible this morning? Phone? Okay. The screen is broken. Uh, a little known fact for you guys. There was a time uh, when churches actually didn't have screens. It's like the dark age. We don't want to go back there. Uh, but generally speaking, when the preacher had a, mess or a, a passage of scripture, you'd have to look it up yourselves rather than it being behind you. So that's what we're going to do this morning. Uh, we're in Mark chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 35. And uh, we're going to be in Mark 1 all morning, so you're good. You don't got to travel too far uh, in your Bibles. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Uh, it says this, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone, someone say everyone, everyone. is looking for you. Jesus replied, let's go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. I, uh, for those of you guys, like Pastor Brett said, we rent uh, our church facility uh, where we meet and have our worship services. And so what that means is I myself, I don't have any office space. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I don't really like working from home because it just kind of feels like one long day if you're at home all day. And so I'm always looking for different places to go and do work. And so uh, I go to different places in St. Albert, coffee shops, Starbucks, uh, whatever. But one thing that I like above all is libraries. Any guys like libraries here? There we go. You got one library lover here. I'm not alone. Uh, and so there's this one particular library uh, in Edmonton that I go to. It was named the Library of the Year for 2014. You guys are like, I didn't know there was awards for libraries. Neither did I. Uh, but now I know it's the Library of the Year 2014. I have no idea who won this year. Uh, but that's the library I go to. And I like to work there. And uh, one of the reasons I like to work there is because like, there's this big, uh, big, window and uh, it's just the sun shines on me the holy spirit shines on me as i'm working in there and it's just it's fantastic and so i like to work there and so i went there this particular day uh, to work on actually this message and uh, as i got there uh, there was a lady who was working right by my uh, spot and uh, she was on skype and she had her headphones in but she was very loud and very animated you guys ever see those people before and so as i walked in and she was just talking and she was really loud uh, i just I just happened to listen to what she was saying. I wasn't eavesdropping. I just came at the exact right, perfect time to hear what she was talking about. And so she's just, she's really going off. And she's like, you're my friend. You're my friend, right? So I, I can ask you something. My curiosity's peaked. She's like, you're, you're a doctor. I can ask you something. I, I have three tests, two assignments. And I, I've worked really hard on these two assignments. And I've been able to study for two tests. But there's one test. It's biology, and I just haven't been able to study for it. And she's like, there's, there's just some, all my friends do it. It's totally fine. All my friends do it. She's like, all you have to do is write me a doctor's note, and I can get my test deferred. And so at this point, I'm just, I'm sitting there. I'm like, no, don't do it, doc. Don't do it. <laughs> don't let this girl get away with it. She's cheating. She's lying. And so I'm just, I'm listening. At this point, I'm, I'm eavesdropping, because I just I need to hear what this conversation uh, is all about. And she's like, everyone is doing it. Just, it'll be super simple. And I need to get into med school. I'm taking biology. Please. 
<laughs> and so, unfortunately, she's on Skype and she has headphones in. So it's very difficult for me to actually hear what his response is. In fact, I couldn't hear what his response was. Thankfully, this girl was extremely animated. And she actually spoke back everything that he said to her. So I was able to hear the response of this, this man. And uh, the response, in essence, just said, sorry, I can't do that for you. How about instead you swing by my house tonight? Uh, biology is my specialty. Uh, I'm a doctor. I'll help you study. And when I heard that, I was like, yes. I was vindicated for this man. I was like, you don't let her cheat. She's, she's just, she's cheating. Yes. And, and as I was sitting there in this library, I was like, you know what? This is perfect. This lady is giving me the perfect sermon illustration. Because we're, we're going into a new year and everyone's all new year, new me. And so they got goals and they got aspirations. And I'm going to tell everyone at Engage that you can't get anywhere by taking shortcuts. If you cheat, you're not going to get anywhere. And so I'm thinking to myself, I have the perfect sermon illustration. This lady continues to talk on the Skype machine. And uh, still he's dropping. Lord, forgive me. The conversation ends and... Uh, she said something very strange, at least to me, who's been listening to this conversation. She said, thank you so much for your time. Those were fantastic answers. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you in the future. Take care. And I was like, what? what's going on? And so, in essence, what has happened was that this lady in the library was some kind of a doctor, and she herself was actually interviewing someone. And so the whole situation was a made-up situation. Uh, and I had a few questions. Number one, what is a doctor doing in a library? I thought only pastors came here and students. Um, but it taught me a lesson that uh, you're only going to get a part of the story uh, if, <laughs> if you're eavesdropping like that. Uh, I only got half of the story. Uh, the, the message this morning that uh, we're, we're talking about, it's called reimagine. The word reimagine means to rethink. It means to think about something in a new way or a new light. This morning, what I want to do as we end off this year and the last Sunday of 2018, I want us to begin to rethink or reimagine our picture of who Jesus was and our picture of who Jesus is. You see, for a lot of us, we have this picture of Jesus and, and he's God and, and he comes in power and, and he's died for us. And, and it's just this full divinity aspect, this divinity picture of Jesus. And that is an aspect of who Jesus was, but it's not the whole picture. Because although Jesus was fully God, he was also fully human. And so what I believe is that there is a part of Jesus' humanity that we can relate to. And as we push into a new year, I know for a lot of us and for a lot of people, I don't know if you specifically do New Year's resolutions, but for a lot of us, we have goals and we have, have things that we would like to accomplish in the new year. For some of us, 2018 wasn't the year we expected it to be. We're not as far along as we thought we would be in our walk with God. We're not as successful as we thought we would be. We're just not where we thought we would be this time last year. And so what I want to do today as we close off this year here at Engage, I want us to begin to look at the life of Jesus. I want us to specifically look at Jesus' methods and how they can apply to our lives. I want us to be able to relate to Jesus' humanity. So we're in the book of Mark chapter 1. And uh, for those of you guys who um, have read the Bible before, you will know that the book of Mark is uh, it's actually the shortest gospel. It's, uh, it's only, I think, 14 or 15 chapters. I could be wrong. Don't quote me. I'm a pastor, but look it up someone. Um, but it's the, shortest, uh, it's the shortest gospel. And the, re the way that Mark has written this gospel, he's always in a hurry. He's always going somewhere. The word that, that Mark uses in the Greek is immediately. 
And so if you read the book of Mark, it almost is like one long story. It's like immediately, Jesus immediately went here. He immediately went there, but you don't realize it's been like four years. But Mark's like immediately, immediately, immediately. And so in Mark chapter 1, where we look today, uh, Mark just gets into Jesus' life. Where, where the gospel opens, Jesus is already 30 years old. So we see nothing of baby Jesus. Christmas, who cares about Christmas? We've got 30-year-old Jesus on the scene. That's how Mark's gospel starts. And, and in the first few verses, we see that Jesus is casting out demons. Jesus is healing people. He's doing miracles. And, and large crowds are following him. And Jesus is kind of getting to this, le- this level of almost celebrity. The people are flocking to him. The people want to see him. And it's interesting because none of the four Gospels really paint us a picture of, of Jesus' childhood. None of them really do. There's bits and pieces. There's one story. Uh, you guys may know it. Jesus is at the temple and his parents peace out. And they get charged with, uh, <laughs> um, what's the word when you're a bad parent? It slipped my mind. It doesn't matter. It doesn't doesn't really affect the sermon anyways. But the four, Gospels, uh, <laughs> the four Gospels don't really paint us a picture of Jesus' childhood. And so most of what we see is Jesus when he's 30 years old. We see Jesus on the scene. We see Jesus healing. We see Jesus teaching. We see Jesus preaching. I call it the Jesus highlight reel. We see all of the amazing things that he does. But what I love about the verse that we're going to read here in Mark chapter 1, it, it almost doesn't seem to fit in with this picture of Jesus because we have this picture of Jesus that he does all these amazing things. But then Mark slips something in in verse 35. He says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went to a solitary place where he prayed. And it's interesting because we have this picture of Jesus and he's God. And so why does Jesus need to pray to God? Isn't he God? But you see, that's the part of Jesus. That, that's, his, that's his humanity. That's the other half of who Jesus is. And, and it's interesting. I think it's no coincidence that Mark doesn't really talk about the first 30 years of Jesus's life. Because Jesus was just preparing. He was preparing for his public ministry. You see, not all of us actually like to see preparation. We'd rather see the game. And so Mark's gospel, but it slips this thing in here. It says, very early in the morning, Jesus was praying. And so what this shows me and what it shows us is that before Jesus ever stepped out into the public, he was doing something in private. You see, what I believe is this, friends, is that in our lives, preparation always precedes prominence. Preparation always precedes prominence. What does that mean? That means in our lives, as, as we move into 2019, whatever your goals may be, wherever you want to go, whatever your spiritual goals, where you want to get in your walk with God, the only way that we will get to those places is if we put in preparation. It says very early in the morning, and the way this was written, it is telling us that Jesus would actually pray for hours, hours on end. Before he ever went out into the public, he was doing something in private. You see, a lot of us, and it can be easy when we read Mark's gospel to think that Jesus just did all of these things, and it's because he was God. But I love that he slips this verse in because it shows us that Jesus still prepared. The first 30 years of his life was also preparation. And this is so different than the age that we live in right now because we live in the age of the overnight success. Where it's like, I can become a celebrity in a second. All I got to do is eat a Tide Pod. You guys seen those videos? It's people literally eating like detergent. And they're doing it with the hopes that they'll become famous and, and their video will explode. And so we live in this, this generation where we think I can become successful overnight. It doesn't really take anything. <laughs> and it's funny, and, and the problem with social media is I think that social media is really just a highlight reel. 
It's people's highlight reels. Did you guys know that? And the problem is with social media and, and, and Facebook and all of these things is we compare our lives to other people. And say, how come my life isn't where I thought it would be right now? How come my house doesn't look like their house? How come my house isn't Pinterest worthy? And so what happens is we're comparing ourselves to pictures of people's perfection. And we think, I'm not enough. This happens in our personal life. It happens in church life all the time. There was a time when, like, you could only compare yourself to people around you. I don't know if any of you guys remember that. Like, I can only compare myself to my friends or my family. But it's like now I can compare myself to people I went to school with 15 years ago. And it's like, man, their life looks so fantastic. But we're preparing, we're, we're comparing ourselves to people's highlight reels. And what Jesus is saying here in this story is that before he did anything, before he made a difference, he would always prepare. His prominence did not come without preparation. And so the question that God is asking us, friends, as we move into 2019, for any of us who we look back at this last year and, and we're disappointed, we're not as far along as we thought we would be, we're not in the place in our life where we thought we would be, our walk with God isn't as far along as we thought it would be. The question that God is asking us is what are you putting in? Because if we don't put anything in, we can't expect to get anything out. There's a, I have in my life, uh, a lot of back issues, back pain. Some of you guys are like, how old are you to have back pain? I know I ask myself the same question. And uh, the reason I'm telling you guys this is like, is there anyone that can help me? That's why I came here this morning. <laughs> My church is now a back specialist. I'm hoping you guys have one. Um, but I have, I have like a lot of back pain, which is really weird. I don't know where it came from. Like literally like sometimes I'll, like it happened yesterday. Again, I, I bent over to pick up a, a thing that weighs five pounds, and my back like just went out. I'm an old man at heart, but it gives me wisdom, I guess. But <laughs> I hurt my back a little while ago really bad, and I was, I was super angry. And I was like, why is this happening to me? I'm too young for this to happen. I was like, I'm not even going to be able to lift my kids when I have kids one day. Like, they're going to call me grandpa instead of dad. And I was just, I was just super, like, angry because, like, I was in this pain. And uh, it's funny, like, the pain with my back, it generally goes away after like a few days. And when the pain goes away, you start thinking clearly. Um, you guys know what that's like when you're in pain. We don't think clearly, whether that's physical or emotional. And uh, when I started thinking clearly, uh, I heard the voice of, of God or Christy, my wife. It was one of the two. And uh, it just said, you have no right to be angry. Uh, because whenever you hurt your back, you don't do anything about it. Like I never go to the doctor. And uh, statistics say I'm just a typical man because most men uh, don't go to the doctor. Uh, the average man goes once every two years. The average woman is like once a, once a week, once a month. It's like I'm feeling... <laughs> That's just the stats. I just look it up. <laughs> but with this voice, and, and why I say the voice of my wife is because like, oh, my, my, my back gets hurt. Like I want her to feel bad for me. Uh, like but she doesn't. Um, and we have this constant battle where I'm like, please call the doctor. And she's like, you call the doctor yourself. And so what happens is the doctor never gets called and I just keep getting hurt. And so we have this battle and she just says, and she said this thing one time. She said, I'm not going to feel bad for you if you don't do anything about it. She's like, I'm not going to feel bad for you if you don't do anything about it. And so the question God is asking us this morning, because I know there are people in this room and you're disappointed in where your life is, you're disappointed in, in your relationships with God or with people, but what God is saying to us this morning 
is if, if you haven't done anything about it, if you haven't put anything in, you have no right to be disappointed. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? And so what Jesus does here in this thing, and he, the crowds are surrounding him. He's doing all these amazing, spectacular things. But the reason that Jesus was able to do it was not because of his divinity. It was because of his humanity. It was because Jesus actually had to rely on God. He had to rely on his heavenly Father. It says every morning he renewed his spirit. He would pray for hours. Friends, and I'm, just, I'm speaking spiritually now. I wonder if there are people in this room, and 2018 was not the year you wanted it to be spiritually. Your walk with the Lord was not what you wanted it to be. You thought you'd be further along. You thought when you started serving at church, then you would just feel something. But what God wants us to know is that if you don't put anything in, we can't expect to get anything out. If you take notes, I encourage you to write this one down. Power comes in private. Power comes in private. You see, the age that we live in, everything is public, right? Social media, all these things. Like, we even put our devotions on. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I posted a picture of my devotion last week. Um, but here's the thing, friends, in public is not where power comes from. I don't get power by being on this stage. My power comes in private, it comes in, in my alone time, in my quiet time with God. And if I don't ever put anything into myself, there's no way I could ever bring anything out. And so for a lot of us, we're trying to bring stuff up, but you never brought anything in. And in a non-spiritual sense, it's the same thing. If you're not where you want it to be uh, in your relationships, if you're not where you want it to be at your job, if you're not where you want it to be physically, God's saying, what did you put in? Jesus is praying. Simon and the disciples come, and uh, they're tripping out. They're like, Jesus, where have you been? Everyone is looking for you. Like, and this shows me the disciples don't quite understand the process either. The disciples don't get it yet. They're, Jesus, everyone is looking for you. What, what are you doing? And, and so for them, they, they saw this crowd of people, right? They saw this crowd pressing on Jesus. Like, Jesus, these people need you, and Jesus is praying. Jesus is in private, and they don't really get it. But I love this. What this shows me is that Jesus knew the difference between important and urgent. He knew the difference between important and urgent. And some of us are thinking, well, aren't they the same thing? We live in a time like never before where people are busy. We're just busy people. If you ask anyone how their week was, generally people don't say good anymore. They don't say bad. They say busy, swamped. It's like, I didn't do anything busy. You feel bad, right, if you don't say busy. So you just make it up sometimes. Like, it was so busy. And so we have all, th all of these things pressing on us. And, and I believe this to be true. Some people, most people actually are very busy. We have kids, we have work, we have school, we have assignments, we have whatever, relationships. And we have all of these things. We have all of these urgent things. The problem is when we let ourselves become so consumed with the urgent, we'll miss the important. For Jesus, the crowd was there. They were in his face. They were looking for him. I can almost imagine you could probably hear the crowds. They were so big. That was what was urgent, but Jesus knew what was actually important. And it was renewing his spirit. It was filling himself up so he could actually put into other people. If he didn't fill himself up, how could he put anything into other people? And so for us in our lives, the problem is this. We have become so disillusioned based on things that are urgent. Well, I have to work. Well, I, ha I have to just do this assignment. I have to just study that we miss out on what is actually important. I had a friend, and he, um, he had a daytimer. And we were, we were in ministry, one of my first pastor friends, and uh, he had his daytimer, and he literally scheduled his whole day. 
He didn't have a second that was free in his day. And so I'm sitting there thinking to myself, there's no way anyone in this world is that busy. Like, he's just making stuff up. And so I, I actually asked to see his schedule. And so I started reading things. And it was like 7 o'clock prayer, 8 o'clock breakfast, 9 o'clock meeting, 10 o'clock this, 6 o'clock dinner with my wife. And so I'm like, my suspicions are confirmed. This guy's just putting things in for the fun of it. You can't schedule dinner with your wife. You can't schedule breakfast. And what does that even mean? But it's interesting and kind of it's funny because if you, you hear something over and over again, it, sometimes it takes you a few times to understand it. And so over the years, I kind of understood why he did it. The reason he did it is because if he didn't schedule that which was important, he would just ignore it for that which was urgent. You see, so many of us schedule the urgent things, work, school, assignments, projects. We schedule them because they're urgent. And what happens when the urgent gets too much, we miss out on the important. Our relationships with Jesus, our relationship with our, with our family. Friends, the question that God is asking us this morning, we're moving to 2019, and, and I believe in my heart and in my soul, God wants this to be your best year ever. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to achieve those dreams you have, but God does not want us to miss out on the important because of the urgent. And so if you're sitting there saying to yourself, well, how do I know what is important? How do I know what is urgent? Ask yourself this. If you were to be gone tomorrow, you no longer existed, what would, make, what would be the biggest impact? What would be the biggest impact of you not being there? I'll tell you this, friends, chances are your school's not really gonna notice if you're gone. Your work may not notice if you're gone, but I'll tell you this, for those of us who have families, if you weren't there, your family would notice. For parents out there, if you weren't there, your family, would, they, they couldn't go on. They wouldn't go on. That's how you know it's important, but I know this, friends, so many of us will disregard our families because of what is urgent and will miss what is important. In our walk with God's friends, I believe that it is the most important thing in our lives. In order for us to be the best family people we can be, we need to fill our spirits every single day. And there's a reason that the schedule had prayer time for this pastor, and there's a reason I believe that every single day Jesus began his day with his heavenly Father. It's because if he didn't put anything in, he couldn't expect anything to come out. Friends, as we close, if everyone could just stand. I don't want anyone in this room, friends, to miss out on what is important because we've been so consumed with that which is urgent. This morning, we just want to give everyone in this room a chance to respond to God. So every eye is closed, every head is bowed in this room. And there may be someone here this morning, you're saying to yourself, I, I've, I've missed the mark. I've, I, I've been so busy. I've been so focused on the wrong things that I've neglected that which is actually important. But you're saying this year, I want this to be the year that I am the best version of myself. And that is with me every single day, filled with the Lord, filled with the Holy Spirit. You've been listening to The Engage Life, powered by Engage City Church. If you like what you heard, check out engagechurch.ca.